This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Hi, Jen. Hi, Em. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Still have bronchitis in this recording, too. (laughs) (laughs) Coughs are hard to get rid of. Yeah, they Mm -hmm. are. Right? Yes, that time of year for parents, too. They stick around like a nice friend. Mm -hmm. This time of year, though, I just feel like it's just like fucking, you know, weather changes, kids go back to school. It's a lot of germs. A lot of germs. But a lot hey, of fun germs. Gina wants to know what's your favorite road trip gas station snack? You know, I really. When was the last time you took a road trip? It's been a while. <laughs> you... It's been a while. I really like trail mix. What? Basic. I, of course. What I have to say this, me? the trail mix from Costco, the Kirkland, like generic brand from Costco. They don't just have regular M&Ms in it. They have peanut M&Ms in it, which I'm sorry is fucking superior to regular superior, trail mix. A hundred percent. Right? Like regular trail mix has like tiny little um, chocolate chips in it. Peanut M&Ms and a good amount of chocolate. Costco, the Kirkland generic brand. Wonderful. You would, th- you would think we're sponsored by them. We are <laughs> not. Literally, just so you know, the day <laughs> Costco sponsors anyone i will be throwing myself at that ad 
You, we, we went to Costco. We got, we all got a Costco membership together. It was beautiful. Together. <laughs> Wasn't your picture? What was your picture? Or was it my picture? Maybe it was Nikki's picture. <laughs> what was it? I think it was like so close up to her head. And like, <laughs> we always have this conversation about her, how my head's so small and her head is so big. And I think that her head like covered the whole thing. And yours was so fucking tiny. So yeah, so we got like, cause they have business memberships for Costco. So we got a business membership so Nikki could go get snacks and keep our office lovely and stocked with all the wonderful goodies. But I just feel like I just love Costco. <laughs> It's the best. It's really the best. <laughs> they have a new inflatable hot tub. I've talked about my inflatable hot tub before from Costco. They have a new one that is square now, not round. And I really want it because Feels... it would be nice to sit in a little corner, put your arms right. up in a corner. What are you going to uh, do with the other one? Happy to well, take it off Aaron, your hands. I, well, Aaron was like, you can't. We like the other one works perfectly fine. Right. That like, would why be waste why we one? get that. So right. maybe I can be like, well, Jen's going to take the round one and Jen, I'll take the square Jen one. Jen can really use an inflatable hot tub that she Where can put would in you her, possibly put it? I'll put it in my backyard and I'll have no room <laughs> to do anything else. You literally have to jump from the inside into yes, the hot would. tub. Yes, you would. We would need a diving board into the hot tub. Cool. I feel that unsafe. safe. Yeah, yeah, it sounds super safe, doesn't it? <laughs> so, okay. Favorite road trip. So you was trail mix. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess now that I was shamed for it, you know, I, I should really you. quite, yeah, it's okay. You know, Especially after last week's episode about shame. Okay. <laughs> I want to say mine now. <laughs> I'm ready. I was waiting for it. I'm prepared. I want uh, popcorn, but like preferably either Smart Pop or like the, um, I like the orange popcorn. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? There's orange like the popcorn? orange popcorn, like the orange, like mild cheddar popcorn, you know? Oh, like I know the, what you're talking about. I yes. like that kind. Yes. Also, I really like brownie brittle, which is like the like um supposed to be like the edges of the brownie. Like it's oh. like you know what I'm talking about. Yes. I enjoy that. Okay. Um what else? You know, part of it like really depends on what gas station I'm at. Right. We live in Pennsylvania where there's sheets and Wawa. Right. And so those the, are does two that different count? Well, you don't think that I counts was, as a gas station? I, I guess I guess it does. Yeah, I don't know. I thought I always thought of Wawa as like a fine meal, you know? <laughs> yeah, that is a fine. We were talking. Wait, well, who the fuck was I with? Oh, I was with some friends from the gym the other day, and we were talking about like the the ultimate low is if you DoorDash Wawa. Oh my god, yes! <laughs> like the <laughs> ultimate low, like you are truly in a deep, deep spot what? if you DoorDash Wawa. Wawa has pizza now. Did you know? Yeah, they had pizza a while ago, and I guess they brought it back. How is or it? Maybe, have you tried it? Maybe, no, God, no. Because I'm going to say my favorite road trip gas station snack from like a Sunoco or something, it's it's going to be a scratch-off. It's not a snack. It's a, I want fucking scratch-offs. You know I love you a scratch-off. Can, you can eat those if you want. Well, maybe I'll win money, and then I could eat more wonderful things. Right. <laughs> wonderful. I think that's a good question. If you won the lottery, what would you do? Pay off student loans. <laughs> right. <It's> good. <laughs> They have all my husband's student loans that we have right. left that now apparently are starting again. We we like really thought that shit was going to get it forgiven. Like we fell hard. You did. You really got pulled into it. You you had paid all of yours off. Yes. And I was like, I'm not paying it off. This shit's going to get forgiven and I'm going to be pissed. And just kidding. Now it is not forgiven and we just have interest again. Right, right. Okay. Well, I, because I was really upset that I paid all mine off when you were like, oh, no, I'm not doing that yet. Yeah. And I was like, oh, damn. Well, you were right. <laughs> Who could have known? Who could but have if known? I, if I won the lottery. Yeah. I just put it all in the bank. <laughs> that, 
<laughs> no, you wouldn't. So I could just feel safe. You you would not. Safe you would buy something. I'm a saver, you know? I probably would. I probably would buy some things, you know. I'd go on a nice trip. Yeah, you would go on a very nice vacation. You like to travel. I, I maybe wouldn't come back. Yeah, you'd probably pay back your credit line for your house. One million percent. <laughs> <laughs> One would hope. I could. Well, that's that's our next move. We're going to get scratch-offs from the gas station. Yeah, maybe station. you could pay Gina, off the line for the business, too. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that would be great. Gina, your your question turned that's into great. something completely different. We're very we sorry. apologize. <laughs> hey, but don't forget, hey, today's episode, if you don't want to, you know, listen to us talk about this, don't forget that now, if you look in the show notes, there is minute markers, and you can jump right to the minute marker of what you're hoping we talk about. But today's episode is actually about Childhood wounds. Some people call them origin wounds. We're going to talk to them today about childhood wounds. Once again, such a fun topic. <laughs> <laughs> Similar to our to last week's episode about shame. You know, we're just really getting into it. So if you wanted some heavy topics, you're getting them. <laughs> so the first question we got, Em, you uh, said you wanted to take this one over. Can they actually be healed? And what does a healed and healthy person look like? So this would be my question, right? So the very therapist response is, like, what would healing mean for you? I think we all have to define for ourselves what does a healed and healthy person look like. I don't think that's for us to define for somebody else. So I'm going to tell you about what it means for me. But you and I are very different people, so then I'd love to hear about what it looks like for you because we're two very different people, right? So for me, it means non-reactivity and no impulsivity. <laughs> for me, healing is really differentiation, which is the ability to respond and not react. I think that means in my relationships being honest and grounded, but also loving. I've talked about this before. For someone else, it might be totally different. And so I think that this person has to sit down and say, like, what would it look like for me? And when and, and I would encourage you to replace the word healed with peace, because I think sometimes it's easier to think about like, what would peace feel like for me? What would peace, living a peaceful life feel like for me to help define that? But yeah, Jen, for you, what would it be? For me, it would be also differentiation, but in a different way in terms of being able to speak my truth in the face of everything, you know, like in all environments that despite, you know, how someone else is feeling, I'm also able to express myself. Um, when we use the term differentiation, you know, I'm thinking about it in the sense of like separating my own emotions from other people's emotions, like really creating that emotional division, which is something I'm always working towards. I've worked towards, you know, as a therapist, but the, the thing I want to kind of question here is like, what does a healed and healthy person look like? I think the idea of that is that you can reach this final destination and you're there, right? Like you never turn back, you never go somewhere else, you never experience it again. And I think a healed and healthy person means someone who's consistently doing this work, someone who is consistently looking at, well, what are my origin wounds? What are my childhood wounds? And how do they show up for me in my everyday life? And 
to look at them on a daily basis and and to say, well, what do I want to do differently next time? How do I want to change that? Because I, I want to debunk the myth that you can reach this goal and and it, you're good, right? I think that there's a way to reach it and be there more consistently and mm-hmm. to show up in ways that you want to show up. But you're a human being and as human beings, we are going to feel emotions. We're going to react to emotions. We're going to shut down. We're going to, you know, have trouble differentiating our emotions from other people. So I just want to like debunk that idea that like you can reach this final destination of being 100% healed and healthy. And if you experience these things or you fall back, it doesn't mean you're not healthy or you're not healing. Like it's all just like part of being a human being. So that's the one piece I really want to highlight that like you can listen to as many self-help podcasts, read as many self-help books. You can become a goddamn therapist. You can go to therapy every single day and you're still going to experience these things. You just want to move closer towards healing and you want to move closer towards that point. Anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner, the planning, the shopping, the prep, figuring out the timing? It's a little heavy to carry, huh? Same. That's why I am so grateful for Hungry Root. The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know you, what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids' snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item from my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, lemon pepper chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. You gotta try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's gotta taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. Did you know that billions of plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles end up in landfills every year? I used to contribute to that waste, constantly buying single-use plastic cleaning products without giving it much thought. But then I discovered Blue Land, and it has been a game changer. Blue Land has helped me eliminate the need for single-use plastic and the products I reach for the most. They are reinventing cleaning essentials. Their approach is simple yet revolutionary. Refillable cleaning products with a sleek design that not only looks great on your counter, but also reduces plastic waste significantly. What I love most is the convenience. With Blueland, I never worry about running out of cleaning supplies or lugging bulky bottles from the store. From hand soap to toilet bowl cleaner to laundry tablets that each smell incredible, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. I was blown away when I received my first Blueland order. I immediately filled the bottles with water and their tablets, which was so easy to try everything out. And the ingredients are clean, the scents are refreshing, and the packaging is just so cute. Blueland is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine. If you 
you're ready to make a positive change for the planet without sacrificing cleanliness or convenience, Blueland has you covered. Blueland has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash shrinkchicks. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash shrinkchicks for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash shrinkchicks to get 15% off. Can I use you for an example? Always. Okay. So uh, you've been doing so great for so long, right? For so many different things of how you interact and you've had um, more ability to be out with people and recharge your battery and all this stuff. And then we had a really tough, sept- I would say we had a pretty fucking rough September. Yeah. And we had this big, we had this thing happen that was like very jarring, like to the point where it like fucking like threw you on your ass. And I was... Right. Like I was like watching you go through this as like someone who I like deeply, deeply love and care about. And it was also a little bit jarring to see how thrown you were by this thing that occurred. And then it was interesting because you came up, you we realized probably like a week later, like, okay, I like had this realization, which is like one of the reasons why it's like so easy in my relationship with you is because like you always tell me how you feel all the time. Like I don't have to do any fucking like you are so outward. And same thing with your husband, right? Like, me and Bill are so similar of like we just like you know exactly where we stand. <laughs> Yeah, like it's, I never have to question it. I never have to right. question it, right? If you feel something, you say it. It's Which also means you never get shocked by it. Yes. Because there is no like hide, hide, hide. And all of a sudden I'm totally someone else. Like if anything, I'm like, I'm losing my mind today. Hello, how are you? And like, but like you always know where I stand and Bill stands. And I think in some ways that has equaled a lot of safety for you. Yeah. Um, even if we have big feelings that are difficult to be in, you know what they are. And it's very yeah. transparent. Well, I think, I think, you know, if we're speaking about my childhood wounds, because how fun. Yes. Um, in, a, in my family, in a lot of ways, there wasn't a lot of talking about emotions. And so because there was no communication, I sucked them up like a sponge. Mm-hmm. And it is healing for me to be in relationships with people who are very open and who talk about their feelings. And part of the reason I think that I became a therapist is that I am consistently helping other people express their emotions in a mm-hmm. way that my family was unable to do. Yeah. And so to really locate what your childhood wound is and like to understand that you might gravitate towards situations because it might be healing for you or it might be repeating the same pattern for you. Well, let's say, but so like in this thing that happened a few weeks ago, like it's not that you're not quote unquote, healed or healthy or any of these things, it means that this thing was very shocking and overwhelming and and activating for you. That's it. And then you look at that for information. Exactly. You understand it as information. And I think too, right, where because September for us was such a hard month, (laughs) it leaves you feeling more raw and vulnerable to experiences like that. Mm -hmm. So I also think you want to look around at your environment when you may be experiencing some of those like wounds coming up for you in these different situations that, you know, if if you're in a very stable like context, it, it may be the case that the same situation may not trigger the reaction if you're in an environment that like isn't as stable, right? Yeah. So like I think September left us very vulnerable, at least left me very vulnerable to to having those wounds be brought up. And that's something I think to to ask yourself too, is like, are you in a context that feels safe and secure for you to be able to work through some of those childhood wounds that Mm -hmm. are coming up for you? 
Okay, so quite a few people had this question, which is, how do I understand childhood wounds? I have a good childhood. The amount of people that wrote in stuff about a good childhood. Here's one of the things I'm going to say. We are not saying that you have to have the world's most fucked up childhood to experience a wound. Just because you had a good childhood does not mean that there is not wounds. Everyone assumes that we're always talking about family, but that's really not the only thing that can hurt us. There are so many interactions that can happen with family, friends, teachers, experience in school, right? You could have a learning disability and feel othered at school. You could have, you know what I mean? Like there's stuff that like has very, sometimes nothing to do with our family at all, but that's not the only context that we're in and the only system in in our childhood. So a childhood wound could come from anything. And I think, I think there's a lot of like tiptoeing around, I, you know, if I had a childhood wound, it must mean that I didn't have a good childhood. Yeah. You know, it must mean that my parents did something wrong or that like this, you know, environment was wrong in some way when, you know, like you, your parents could be doing everything they possibly can to give you what you need and you can still develop childhood wounds because there are times in which we're just not able to be able to get the things that we need or there's something that happens. And so they don't have to be mutually exclusive. I think that that's a big piece that I want to bring up is that like you can have a great childhood and you can also have childhood wounds. Your parents could have been doing their absolute best with what they had and you could still have childhood wounds. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so so the next question is I can't identify, remember specifics of why. Well, you don't always need to work out the why. Just work on the triggers now. Start there, right? So what brings up shame for you, hurt, fear, resentment? Um, We don't have to get to the exact roots. Let's start with what's happening right now. Getting to the root can be helpful, but sometimes we don't always get there. And sometimes there isn't this exact pinpoint thing, but like, hey, I was a really sensitive kid and I was around family that like made a lot of jokes. And so maybe it's not like one specific thing, but it's like an overarching thing. And like sometimes yeah. we're just born a sensitive human. Yes. <laughs> um, it wasn't directed uh, to you, but it worked out great. It really did. <laughs> and I think I think a way to also look back, once again, you don't have to get there. It can be helpful to get there. A question to ask yourself to be able to see maybe where some of these wounds may have started is like, what's the feeling that's coming up for me now when I am triggered? And when is the first time that I remember feeling that way? Mm -hmm. If you can locate the first time you remember feeling that way, what was going on? What was happening for you? That might be able to take you back into where the wound may have started or opened up in some way. Um, so that's a question and you might not be able to get there until you're feeling triggered and until you can look back and say like, well, what mm-hmm. was I feeling just then? Um, cause sometimes when we're, we're feeling triggered, we don't even know what we're feeling. So get out your feelings wheel, you know, like pinpoint what the emotion is. Emily yeah. loves the feelings I wheel. I love a feelings. <laughs> I really love the feelings wheel. It's the best. I think it's very helpful. It is. But also because for me, I, all I ever felt was like anger. And so I'm like, aha, uh-huh, this isn't actually anger. That's just my go-to. <laughs> Exactly. And so that's why I say, like, if you're feeling anger, like, what's underneath it? Like, what's coming up for you? If you can locate what that emotion is, then you might be able to easier figure out, like, when that actually started for you. So take yeah. the time to really do that and see if it can take yourself back there. So 
this goes in again. Somebody said, can you talk more about wounds that may not come from family, but for friends, friendship, hardships in grade school? Let's say you had you had a great family, felt like really safe there, roots, wings, all the things that families can give you, right? You end up in um, an elementary school class that you just don't necessarily vibe with the other kids. Or like, let's say one of the group of the kids was very, very close and you weren't part of that. Let's say your parents moved at some point, you joined in later and you felt very othered or left out. You could have the world's most safest family and still sometimes as a child, you don't end up telling your family about that situation because you feel embarrassed or feel shamed or all the different stuff. It is very hard being a child in this world. You do not have full autonomy to make decisions. You children are actually super marginalized, in my opinion. We are not, you know, I mean, and, and most of us don't have. There's such a larger conversation we could we could have right now about the lack of funding in schools and how that leads to a lack of resources, specifically with um, social workers and guidance counselors and emotional support programs um, for children. I could get on my soapbox all fucking day, but the reality is, is a lot of times in school there is just simply not and on how burnt out teachers are that they're not able to provide that or how about the lack of mental health uh, training that teachers have because it's not part of the curriculum. There's so many things that could add into why this could have been a harmful time with um, friends. And so you don't always have to look at your family. Just think about experiences. When was the first time I felt guilt? When was the first time I felt embarrassed? When was the first time that I felt really ignored? When was the first time that I felt belittled or scared or nervous or any of those things? And sometimes it has nothing to do with our family of origin. I think that's so important to acknowledge because, uh, you know, I don't think because we obviously talk about family because of the impact that that has. Yeah. Friends can have such an impact on us too growing up, right? Like, and reason being is that like our brain is developing during that time. Your brain is forming neural networks as you're experiencing these relationships. And and those relationships don't just happen at home, right? Like you're experiencing those relationships in so many ways. And your brain is legitimately forming during that time. So if you were left out at a certain time, like who hasn't had the experience of being left out? Yeah. Like literally everyone. Yeah. But it's your brain was forming during that time. And so to understand like how important that is too, that those in your formative years, when those experiences were happening, like they are also and can also be childhood wounds that come up. It's just a matter of like how strong they come up and when they come up, right? Yeah. So if you, you know, your friends are in a group text and you're not in it for whatever reason, like how triggering that can be and how much that can bring. That must mean they don't like me or that must mean that they're like talking about me and that must mean there's so much meaning attached to it because that's what you experience from an early age where that might not necessarily be the case. Like maybe they're just like all getting together because they're all in the same town, whatever it is. But your brain forms these meanings that we bring into adulthood and we apply it to the same situation. So just to understand that those childhood wounds do happen in your friendships. They do happen in different environments. 
I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on their accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. A really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I have felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is, of course, the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty-free and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I use this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post-construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that Pros takes into consideration with their customization. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash shrinkchicks. The thrill that I feel, the fact that there was not group chats when we were growing up. Oh, my God. I am so glad that we were before all of this shit. My, if I think about my very delicate middle school heart, I have no idea how fucking kids do it now. Yeah, I I don't either. I mean, all the other ways. We just, you, you didn't know that people were hanging out without you. You could figure it out. You could, but it's not in your fucking face. Like, it's maybe you find face. out later, but, like, yes. it wasn't like, oh, they're posting pictures, right? Yes. Like, oh, I, oh, God, I feel like my heart would not have survived that. Like, I know yeah. it's the norm now, but I'm, like, very glad that was not my experience. And I have, like, so much fear. This is, like, a conversation we have at our house all the time about, like, what age our daughter's allowed to have a smartphone. Can I choose never? Can you? <laughs> 
So can you take my smartphone away? <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? Like, can we choose to not have smartphones as adults too? I think that's a trend that's happening right now. The people yeah. are I mean, there's been like this research of flip phones. Let's do it. We have a lot to do. No. <laughs> I can't. We have too much to do. We can't do it. <laughs> Why do I feel grief during this hard process? Well, let's be honest. Grief is deep hurt that we cannot change or control. It is sad. It is out of control. And that's what a lot of this is. We're kids. We really can't control a lot of this stuff. Even if we're like, okay, but it was on me the way I react to the situation. Okay, well, you reacted as survival skills. So I think that there is grief is about such a lack of control. And this is why so many clinicians don't want to work with grief is because it's very hard to work with because there's no yeah. solution. Yeah. I, I When you're understanding your childhood wounds, right, like where you have built such protective mechanisms around them to not look at them, looking at your childhood wounds can be so painful and it can bring up so much raw emotion. And when you start to understand them and you start to dig into them, it also means that you're breaking down the protective mechanisms that you have built over so many years to keep yourself away from them. And so with that, you are grieving this idea of who you were during that time. You're grieving this idea of oh, well, you know, these protective mechanisms made me like not even look at this. Like there's so, there is so much that you're grieving in that. Maybe you're grieving, you know, a relationship that you once saw in a certain way and you're seeing it in a completely different light now. Um, So there can be so much grief that comes up during this process. And, you know, I, I know this is one of our favorite sayings that sometimes the only way out is through. And sometimes this like very deep, emotional work means that we have to grow through that process of grief. We have to go through that a very deep emotional process to get to the other end of it and for those wounds to become more healed. Yeah. Let's talk about um, a lot of people that had questions around parents. How do I forgive mm-hmm. my parents for childhood wounds? How to have compassion for our parents who had their own shit and heal from our childhood wounds? So let's remember that for compassion, we must have empathy. Typically for empathy, we have to hear or try to understand some part of their story for that. Oh, there's a really good saying that uh, I was talking to a client about, which is um, the firstborn you grow up with your parents and later borns are raised by their parents. Wow. Right. And that like the first kids, I think about this all the time. My daughter, I'm always like, oh man, you got, (laughs) God fucked me. Like this was the amount of learning I did in the first few years of her life that I wish I had been able to do before her, but you're just not. You're not able to do that before. You learn on the job. You learn on the job, right? And like when you learn on the job, there's often a lot of mistakes and a lot of trial and error. So one, like I think birth order is important. I think where your parents are at developmentally is important to keep in mind. Um the context around things. I think about this all the time for um, pandemic babies, right? That like, so there wasn't mommy groups that their parents were going to. There wasn't activities. Like it was just a different experience. And so really understanding the system in which our parents were raised around, which is also why when we do beginning work, working with clients, we're going three, four generations back to truly understand someone's experience because that does matter. I am not saying... You have to forgive and forget every fucked up thing your parents did. I'm not saying that. 
I'm just saying, do you have to hate their guts because of it? Is there a way, right? Something can maybe not be forgivable and also not be hateable. Yeah. Someone said how to navigate childhood wounds from a parent who is apologetic in adulthood. And I think there's this idea that like if your parents are apologizing, that that means that the emotion surrounding your childhood wounds must go away, right? Like if they know that they did something wrong, then it means that it takes that that emotion away and that you're healed, right? Like that it the only thing that it takes is your parents to say, I'm sorry, I did this wrong for those wounds to go away. Unfortunately, that isn't the case in that you can have a parent that's apologizing and can acknowledge that they could have done things differently. And you can also forgive that parent and understand and develop this empathy for them. And you can still have pain around that childhood wound. Also, see, sometimes parents weaponize that apology. Yeah. Like, well, I said, I'm sorry. Sometimes I'm sorry. Saying I'm sorry is not a real apology, right? If someone's saying to you, well, I'm sorry, guess I'm the worst mom ever. That's actually not an apology. Right. Right. It's a guilt trip. And Martin. Exactly. So it's the process that you're going through actually doesn't have to do with your parents' process. It's helpful to hear that your parents can acknowledge that there's a wound there. It's really helpful to hear that they can validate the fact that there's a wound there from maybe choices they made or the way that you are parented. However, it doesn't have to be part of your process in order to heal those wounds. Mm Someone also said, let me see it. I can see how I got my origin wounds, but I can't talk to my mom as she'll be offended. Help. And so this, I wanted to bring this up because I want to make it a point to say, like, you don't have to talk to your parents about it in order to heal those wounds. If it doesn't feel safe to talk to your parents or doesn't feel helpful to talk to your parents, then I wouldn't. This is your process. This is something that you're going through for yourself. Is it helpful if your parents can validate it? Absolutely. But if if it's going to affect your mom where she's going to bring it in and make it about her emotions, then it might be better off that you do this work for yourself and create that emotional boundary between you and your mom. We have to go to Dear Emma Jen. Wow. I know. Time flies, you know. Okay, you ready? Yes. Dear Emma Jen. Recently, I've been grappling with more responsibilities as a caretaker of my mom. She has had a chronic illness her entire life that I recently found out about. Due to language barriers, I'm the oldest daughter of first-generation immigrants. I'm taking on the responsibility of making her doctor's appointments, calling insurance, interpreting her lab results, and much more. I love my mom and do not want her to feel alone in her diagnosis, but the extra responsibilities are taking a toll on me mentally and emotionally. I often feel like I am taking the brunt of the mental load and I put my own mental health on the back burner. My husband has been a great listener and support, but he also has a parent with health issues, and I feel like I often dump my emotional issues onto him. I've also shared with a few close friends, however, most responses have felt very superficial and disappointing. It has made me feel that I have to deal with this situation alone or that I cannot fully share everything I feel. How can I handle this period in a way that is better for my own mental health while still helping my mom? Thanks so much. I love your podcast. Oh, how much do you want to hug this person? Oh, we so bad. We want to be there for you. So bad. I think it's, you know, I'm, I'm so glad you're talking about this like really important thing of being first generation of immigrant parents. 
and how incredibly difficult and isolating that is, especially if you're not hanging out or spending and having a circle of other people with your similar experience. I'm wondering, is there a way for there to be boundaries that are not cutting off, right? And so like, let me talk about what that is. Boundary setting in a time like this, it makes it feels very difficult because it feels like they are um, the most important thing in the world. And the thing we talked about before is just as a reminder that a crisis is not necessarily an emergency. Now, if there's a health emergency, of course, that's always prioritized. But I want you to think about triaging this situation, right? So triaging in a medical sense would be we take whatever is the most life-threatening, we go from there, right? Here's what I know. It is life-threatening to not take care of yourself. And so is there a way to prioritize mom and also prioritize yourself? And so maybe that means that you have to make doctors, you only call doctor's appointments Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Monday, Wednesday, Friday is when I do paperwork for mom, right? And that means Tuesday, Thursday, have a break from it. Some way to say like, I have to like intentionally and consciously um, change the scheduling and, and development here. You're right. It's very difficult with your partner, but this is also something because your partner is going through something similar to really be on the same page about to support each other with. You might not have friends going through this, but I also wonder if they're, you're also wonderful. I know we talked about this in, in last week's Dear Em and Jen, but you're a great candidate for group therapy. Other people that are having this experience of having your parents grow older and taking care of them, especially with language and cultural delays. Mm-hmm. I, first of all, that was beautiful. And the one thing I, I wanted to dive into or, or ask a question about is, uh, that you've shared this with the close friends, with some of your close friends, but most responses have felt superficial and disappointing. And so my question for you is like, what responses are you looking for? What is it that would really make you feel supported? Because it might give you an indicator into what you need relationally, right? So if you're looking some, for someone to like validate and empathize with what you're going through, that does connect back to you know, finding a support group or finding people who can really understand. It's possible because your friends are maybe not experiencing this, that it's really hard for them to empathize with it because you're in a very specific situation. Mm -hmm. And so we've talked about this before, is that like finding environments or people or relationships where you do have safety in those relationships to share about things that they can also relate to, right? That they can connect with. And it's possible that your friends can be there for you in certain areas of your life and maybe not this one. And so it might mean reaching out or finding supports that you haven't had to look for before. And that's just going to be really important in this process because it's a very specific situation. All right. That's today's episode. That's today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Um, If you think this would be helpful for a friend, you send it on over to them. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and follow on Apple Podcasts. You are looking for a therapist to work on your childhood wounds. You can reach out to us at thetherapygroup.com. You fill out a contact form. You can see one of our incredible therapists in person at our Westchester location or our Philadelphia location. 
or virtually across the United States. Um, We appreciate you, as always, for listening and for your support and for writing in. And don't forget to grow yourself. You got to know yourself. We'll see you next week. 